You're listening to the Live Out Loud podcast with River Wynn and Michelle Flamer. Hi, River. Good morning, Michelle. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you, too. Um, Last weekend of uh, November, we're recording this, so Thanksgiving, we just we all just shared uh, into Thanksgiving and this episode, we really want to kind of speak to, I mean, our normal conversation, but also talk about gratitude and sort of uh, what's to come. We've got a full moon coming in. So of course, Monday, yep. I'll lean into you to talk a little bit about sort of some of that going on and otherwise, uh, We've got some guests coming in. I'm just, I'm just starting to book um, some guests for us. So hopefully mm-hmm. next Saturday we'll have a guest to record with and a couple, you know, for a few weeks and then going into January sort of, again, want to just talk about um, the new year and things like that. So we can, we can just, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So Thanksgiving, we can start with that. Um, There's there's a whole multitude of feelings around what Thanksgiving is, right? Like we have we have the white man's Thanksgiving. Yes, we we have the Thanksgiving viewed from. Native Americans. My name like phone Whoops. or USB. Whoops. My car just started talking to me. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, does she have anything good to say about Thanksgiving? <laughs> Do you have Alexa on or something? <laughs> no, I, I accidentally pushed a button on my steering wheel that I'd never pushed before. And now we found out what it does. Oh my God. That is... I, when our cars are smarter than us, right? That's the next episode. <laughs> that panic when you're like, uh, uh, gotta turn it off. <laughs> oh my God. I remember I went from like getting like really normal two wheel drive cars and like maybe a two wheel drive SUV to like a smarter car. And I remember going through the, <laughs> the manual and I was like, this car is actually smarter than me. <laughs> That's how I felt the first time I got a backup cam in a car. And I was like, wait, wait I don't have to turn around, but I still do because I don't trust it. No, hundred. we should always turn around just to look for ourselves. <laughs> but um, they, they have them on a wider angle now, which is pretty awesome. It's better than actually what I can see for myself. But no, that's funny. So um, yeah, what's your, do you have, do you like Thanksgiving in general or do you, because I know you have some Native American in you, right? No. Okay. I don't. Okay. Um, but when I was a kid, I enjoyed Thanksgiving, not because of the holiday, but because for me, it meant um, seeing family that I didn't usually get to see because we usually traveled to see my great grandma and my grandmothers and they were some of my favorite humans. So for me, it just really meant um, seeing family. Um, and as an adult, the the holiday itself I could kind of care less as a mother it usually meant for me a lot of extra work because I was the parent who 
made the plans and packed up the kids and made sure we brought the food and we went the grocery shopping and we were like leaving at the right time and the car was packed and all the things. So for me, um, and then, you know, going to in-laws house and navigating all of that and, and usually staying for the weekend. And I usually had, um, you know, a newborn or a nursing baby or a toddler that I was taking care of. Mm-hmm. And so for me, Thanksgiving has always just been a lot of work um, as an adult um, and and now, so I spent Thanksgiving solo this year, um, which I actually loved because I really could care less about Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. It, it's for me, uh, I know not, not everyone agrees with this, but for me, it's kind of just like a reminder of like, we live on colonized land and I just don't celebrate it. But that's my personal choice. Oh, no, totally. I mean, I'm looking up at um, the wiki page, you know, and Thanksgiving is a national holiday celebrated on various dates in October and November in the U.S. I did not know some of this. I do know that Canada has their own Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, Granada, St. Lucia, Liberia, and unofficially in countries like Brazil, Germany, and the Philippines. And it's also observed in the Dutch town of Leiden and the Austrian territory of Norfolk Island. And it's just a day of giving thanks for the blessings of the harvest and, and of the preceding year. But I honestly had no idea. I, I mean, cause I, I knew for, for America, like the Protestant reformation, you know, all that sort of stuff, all but that, yeah. Um, yeah. And taking it away from our, yeah. our beautiful native Americans and things like that. But I honestly didn't know that it was in a lot of these other um, countries. And I too, only like the idea that it just gives me an extra day in the year more mostly for that is just to be around friends and family like i love friendsgiving like all the pies and coffee and and some you know like a charcuterie board and mm-hmm. and just like getting together just a, another fun reason to to get together and hang out in my opinion but so. i can get behind that i can get behind spending time with friends and doing that um but you know honestly for me this year like being solo on thanksgiving i it just yeah. felt like a regular day <laughs> and you know and I had friends invite me over and uh, it was so sweet and I just like I was like yeah you know I'm I'm good like I'm good I actually made some crock pot tri-tip and like I had some food I was making and I just stayed home and read and like enjoyed my day to myself and I needed that after a busy week and so um for Thanksgiving for me I was just grateful to have that day to myself you were thankful for the solo day yep I love that. And that kind of goes into the whole all, you know, gratitude and, you know, how people celebrate um, being grateful. And do you think, you know, do you think there's a high percentage of people that speak from gratitude um, out there in the world? Like even, you know, from, from all over the globe that they really find gratitude and, in, in, in day in their day or once a week have a have a day to like be in that space or do you think they need holidays to sort of get there it's so interesting because I think a lot of people view or interact with gratitude as the act of speaking thanks Mm -hmm. but I feel like gratitude is so much more than that gratitude is a state of being yeah and I don't think that we need holidays to step into that space maybe the general public like we need reminders to be grateful 
but then you sit and look around like valentine's day where they need one day to remind them to like love their partner more (laughs) and so like maybe there's a place and a time for that but then I, I kind of start to ask like well you know how much of that state of gratitude are you actually living in even on that day because and I grew up very traditional, like my family, you know, like the men would sit and watch football while the woman cleaned. And so it was like, okay, so you're grateful for the women in your life, but yet they're doing all of the labor on this holiday while you're just sitting there watching football and telling really sexist jokes to each other. Oh my God. <laughs> Where's your gratitude? <laughs> well, cause I, you know, I, I, you know, we see it a lot through social media and even, you know, therapists or podcasts talk, talk about, um, you know, don't forget to write down, you know, maybe start your day with gratitude and so often, and I'm not poo-pooing it because I think it's a great place to start. I love gratitude lists. I love gratitude right. lists. Yeah. Grat- like I'm grateful for my good health. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for both. Like it's a nice it's it's a nice practice to just get into. It can be an attitude shifter. Like even if you like wake up in the morning and you kind of just have the attitude in the morning waking up, if you sit down and you just start making a gratitude list of like even the tiniest, like I am grateful to wake up this morning. Right. Right. And you, it it helps you shift your perspective. I like, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. And so then I was listening to um, Mel Robbins and, and she said something to the effect of, and it, it made me think that I definitely like going a little deeper. And mm-hmm. uh, and so as an example to our beautiful listeners, if you're saying I'm, gra- I'm I feel great, I'm grateful for my good health. Like I'm grateful for the, you know, my body and I can, I can go to yoga and I can go to the gym or I can, I can walk up, I can walk the aisles of a grocery store. I mean, everybody's perception of, of that is totally relevant for themselves. But Mm -hmm. like for me last year at this time, and it's hard not to think about this, but that I had two hip replacements. Right. And so my, my deeper dive in, in gratitude this week has been, I am so grateful for one modern medicine to my, my surgeon who was able to complete two successful hip replacements, replacements on me so that I can be out of pain and go back to enjoying my body and go back to enjoying walking and go back to like all the things. And so it really fills me up. Like I feel so grateful and and there's so much gratitude for when you don't have, uh, when you're in that much pain and I, and I get it from a perspective of, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of pain in their body from autoimmune to cancer to anything, diabetes, like whatever it is to be out of pain is like such an amazing feeling and to be recognizing that, Oh, it's the first year. It's the, it's the year after all of that pain and the fact that just walking around now. And it's fun because, you know, Thanksgiving last year, I had to lay on the couch. Like I couldn't sit for very long because it was only two weeks after my first, my left, my left hip surgery. And the family was reminding me like, remember last year, Michelle, you were like laid out. I said, yeah, I could, couldn't sit up for a long time in a chair. It was really painful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it's, it's, I, I feel so much gratitude for my body now and have, and then of course have gratitude for the doctors and the practitioners, the nurses and everybody who sort of got my body here, my PT folks. And- well, and, and that just kind of like even taking a little bit further, like in the process of being grateful for your surgeon, it's like, you're grateful for his life because his life led to the point where he was able to provide you with healing. And so like what happened in his life to make him the person that he is today to get him through medical school, to get to the point where that day when he did your first hip replacement, like he was having a good day and he took good care of you. And there's just, it's, it makes you realize how interconnected we all are. And to have gratitude for that. Totally. And when you were talking about that, I was thinking that um, just the mere moments of, you know, even going under a machine because they used a Mako robot, like who designed that machine for the CT scan so they could make a map print of like, and it just kind of goes on and on and on. And you could really- the medication to help right. you- I'm grateful for my health. But I'm grateful for my health A through Z at that point, right? Like it's insane. Like it could be a whole page dedicated to one item on your gratitude list. Now I'm I'm asking everybody to do this exercise, pick three and go deep on to, to three of them and see how that feels for you. Yeah. 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 Beyond the surface level. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit ago, but Yesterday and today, like watching videos coming out of Palestine where, you know, families are being reunited with their loved ones who have been in prison for a long time, um, you know, held hostage and um, people returning from one part of Gaza to the other and and um, like seeing their homes, seeing what survived and seeing their friends and their loved ones. And it just makes you realize how much there is to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, because our human life is not <laughs> something that we're, we, we take it for granted. We take it for granted. Um, shelter, we take it for granted. You know, people will talk about how they want to manifest a bigger, better house and, you know, bigger, better things and expensive things. And it's like, that's wonderful and great. And if you're in a place of life where you can afford that, that's wonderful. But at a very basic human level, having gratitude for just even having safety and shelter mm-hmm. and food and health, like the human basics. We take that for granted so much. Yeah. Especially with all the goings with the children and the fact that my daughter mm-hmm. is healthy, happy, yours is healthy, happy. Yeah. And, you know, all of my friends across this country, you know, in, in, in different parts of the world, but not over there, obviously that thank goodness, even my friends, kids in Israel are, are, are healthy and happy. And mm-hmm. luckily they have the funds to get out for a bit as well, you know, and to mm-hmm. take that chance to like, go find some peace somewhere else for a bit yeah. and just hold on. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, we, yeah. do, we have a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot that people take for granted here. I certainly don't. I really try to check myself if I'm yeah. feeling a little, I, if I get a little entitlement moment or I'm feeling a little like, 
little bit full of myself, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-uh, check that shit at the door, flamer. You're, you know, that's not happening. Yeah. I feel like, especially too, I, I feel like Americans, we really, we really take things for granted. Um, I was reading an article this morning about, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of people that are even at the U.S. border trying to find safety. Um, and, and, and these are, you know, we look at these people as, you know, immigrants and, and coming to take our jobs and all of that. But it's like, these are people who are like, one woman was talking about, she's from Venezuela and she's a surgeon <laughs> and she's been sitting at the border for six months trying to get through because some of her family lives here and she just wants to be safe and where she was at wasn't safe and she just wants safety. Um, so she can continue practicing being a doctor. And I was just like, wow, you know, at a basic level as humans, we're all the same. We're all the same. We just all deserve the same rights. And I think as Americans, we tend to take that for granted a lot. Well, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you um, how often when I travel and I have an Uber driver who was an architect in their country, who was, um, who have PhDs, who... You know, we're professors at universities and you're just like, God, America, let's put these people to, let's put people back in there. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, our hospitals, right? Like certainly there's a city in the United States, a small town that could benefit from any number of these beautiful human beings if they only had the chance to go back to, you know, doing what they went to school, what they went to university for and, and what they went to Matt to get their master's program. And I mean, it's just, but then often when you talk to the, a lot of these people, they express so much gratitude in their existence. They're just like grateful to be alive and happy and healthy and like making an income. Like would they love to be back practicing as a doctor or, you know, <laughs> giving a lecture at the university. Absolutely. But like in speaking with them, you hear the gratitude that they have for where they're at well, in their it life. Mu- it must feel a little like you in the moment, like they're t- kind of off the hustle, right? They're off that, they're off that sort of rotating 40 year, 40 hours a week type of type of hamster wheel. So I bet it, I bet it's just super easy and enjoyable, which is probably why I enjoy talking with them too, because they're just in this flux of they're, they're in this part of life, which is just creating peace, you know, and the fact that they're not safety and peace and present. Yep. Yeah. I'm making some money, you know, just mm-hmm. making money and utilizing it. But it's, it's amazing how someone who is driving Uber, sending money home to their family across the globe and, you know, making ends meet here. But yeah, I, I give them a bigger tip when I hear their heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you a moment to just, you know, like reflect on your own life and just find gratitude for everything that you have going on in your own life. It's interesting because I've had abundance in my life for a long time. Like I, I, when I had my own business, I've made a lot of money. My family hasn't really had to want for much. We've just been very, very blessed in that way. Like, and it came from my great, great, you know, my great grandparents, and how they bought property in Los, you know, throughout Los Angeles. And we were able to still keep it up to this day, you know? And mm-hmm. so it, it, it provides, it really was the legacy that they wanted to leave behind. And it's interesting how 
I'm just in a different place that if people need something or want something, I find it so easily now to just give mm. to like, like if I, if I have some cash on me, which I hardly do, but when I do, and I see somebody who need, I'm just, I just give it to them. And I'm just of this mindset of money in money out money flows, money flows back to me, money flows with ease. And it's just a place of, um, of gratitude for how, how, how I feel lucky in that moment. You know, I feel lucky in most moments that I, I, I'm never having to kind of look over my right shoulder, you know, or left shoulder and think who's coming after me next. But yeah, it's interesting. The more that I make, the more I want to give away also for, for good causes and um, do things that, that fill me, fill my soul cup up. And we can can do that with our time as well. It doesn't have to be given like actual money, right? Like monetary. We can give time is valuable too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, like one of the things I'm trying to do right now is I, you know, submitted my application to uh, volunteer at our local warming station because, you know, I have weekends free and, and our local warming station struggles so much to stay open because even though our community was so supportive of having a warming station here because it's needed, people are very stingy with their time. Now, and, I've never heard of this term, a warm a warming station. Oh, yeah. So a warming station, it's, it's like a community center area, kind of like a shelter, but it's, it's open at night yeah. during the winter, the cold hours, so that people who are houseless have a place to come and sleep and be warm. Wow. And not only that, but they provide meals to those people. They provide coats and um, clothing and a hot shower. Um, and so especially here in Eastern Oregon, where this time of the year, you know, the, the temperatures can dip down into the into the single digits and sometimes yeah. below that um it's it's a very important thing for us to have in our community for our houseless community to come and get warm and our community was so supportive of having it when it was established a couple of years ago but unfortunately because it's staffed by volunteers they're like even this last week they had several nights where they weren't able to be open because they didn't have enough volunteers mm. Um, and, and we're talking like, we're talking like four hour shifts where you come and you're sitting there and just being there while people are sleeping. And so that's something I'm trying to do is get approved to be a volunteer there so that I can spend a couple shifts on the weekend helping so that it can stay open so people can have that access. So you're there to basically, is it for protecting them while they sleep kind of thing, or you're just leave, or you're there to, so that the doors stay open? Um, well, there has to be staff at all times there to like help them check in, yeah. to um, you know provide food, to provide them with the resources, to just help monitor things if there's any trouble that happens, and and just provide assistance. What do they, they just have, have what, what, what does the organization need? Well, I can put it in the show notes with regards to this warming station. Volunteers, volunteers. They need people's time. They stay open because if they don't have volunteer shifts covered they can't be open. Mm. Are they all over Oregon? Um, I, be- I mean, this is like a, like ours is not like a chain corporation or anything like that. It's like a local community-based nonprofit kind of thing. Um, but I'm pretty sure that they're all throughout Oregon, especially in Portland area, there are warming stations. Um, definitely. And I know during the summertime, like 
there's cooling stations like Portland has a lot of cooling stations where you can come and like take cold showers and have cold water and have some AC or get connected to fans and that kind of thing. So um, these are just like, again, some of those basic human necessities that everyone deserves to have, but are so hard to access. I guess because I lived in Beaverton and, you know, in Portland, it's like, I never saw any of that stuff. I mean, going to the shelter and like serving up soup and food and all that sort of stuff I've done over the years, but I've never, I never heard that phrase yeah. before. That's cool. I'll, I'll do a little yeah. research and put some stuff in the show notes. Like if so there's like, if time is valuable, if you, even if you don't have money to give, if you have time to give, like me as a I'm single mom thinking, on do the they need- without kids, like if I can go give four to eight hours of my time to, to our warming station, why wouldn't I? Do they need, but I'm thinking like, do they need blankets and warm and like jackets and things? Do people show up and not have enough of that type of stuff too? Oh yeah. And they hand out those kinds of things and we're, you know, our local businesses donate towards that and people donate towards that. Um, but you know, those are things like even in your own city, like you can look for like the Salvation Army does that. Salvation Army provides meals and hot meals and clothing. And there's all kinds of organizations that do that. So there's so many ways that you can contribute your time to your own community. Yeah, I definitely want to find something with Caden because I always think it's a eye-opening experience for the kids, especially the ones who are feeling a little a, a, a little entitled at, at this young tween age. You know what I mean? Cause I remember that was the first time I ever like went to a shelter with my mom and in, in LA and uh, it was eye opening. I'll tell you something that my, I've done with my kids. Um, we haven't done it since I became a single mom because it's just not in the budget for me, unfortunately. But um, when I was a kid, my family got adopted by a local church to provide food and gifts for Christmas. Cause my family, like there were six of us kids. My mom was pregnant. Mm-hmm. My dad had a heart attack. We were not doing well. And so we were adopted by a church to be given Christmas. And it was the most magical experience of my childhood. Uh, just people came out of the word works to just give us like more presents than I had ever seen in my life and all this amazing food and new clothes. And it was just so magical to experience and so we've, we've always adopted families every year yeah. but, it, but it and but so it that's one this but it doesn't necessarily trigger for kate you know for the for like for my for kaden you know it's like yeah it does because it's just like this invisible family that we're buying stuff that of course she would like too she's like i would like that i go okay this is for this family <laughs> like it's not for you kid you've got enough over there but um, but to see them in person, I think would really like connect the dots. Well, I was gonna, yeah, and so like with my kids, um, with their dad, what we had always done for Christmas is I would go to our our shelter from the storm locally and adopt a family where like the mom was leaving an abusive relationship and she and the kids needed uh-huh. things, so we would go and get Christmas presents and all these things on their list for them and then deliver it to them and kind of like get to meet them and like talk to them and. Um, that has really just given my kids, my kids, a lot of like, um, understanding that there are kids who don't have the same, even though like, I am not wealthy in any way, shape or form in my life. Um, even then being able to, at that time, share our abundance with other people made a big impact. Oh, for sure. No, I think it's all really important. I'm glad we're 
mentioning this because this just comes out on Wednesday, which I think is like the beginning. right before the holidays. We need yeah, to like beginning of December. And I'd love to see our collective like go out and rock this season by giving giving more than asking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Pour out. You know, even if you have time, if it, even if it's just time. Agreed. I totally check on your check on your neighbors. Check on your neighbors. Is there an elderly neighbor who could use some ha some help? <laughs> you know, no. like check on no, your neighbors. It's so true. And God, what a beautiful chance to like, or invite them in and, and like, you know, have them have a warm meal with, with the family or whatnot, you know, it's like yeah, bring more, you know, more people in together. And yeah, I mean, as long as it's not snowing and raining outside here in Arizona, it's a little easier to be like, Hey, we can all eat outside, you know, and we mm -hmm. can bring people, but no, I think that's, those are all really good points. And, um, and really highlight being, you know, grateful and not coming from an entitled space. Yeah. I feel like when you are living in a state of gratitude in your life, even in the midst of things that are feeling shitty or feeling awful, chaotic, having that state of gratitude within yourself helps you to see other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yesterday was funny because we hadn't talked to each other all day. But every time I was about, I called you, you're like, you have got to be kidding me. Like you were about to, you were literally picking up your phone to call me back. I was like, we are on the same frequency. Today. Two times. I literally picked up my phone and was, and was like in my contacts getting your number and you, the screen lit up because you were calling me and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I know it's fun. And I love, I love where our conversation went and you know, I've been so nervous about having these tarot cards and I bought that new deck, the, um, the writer weight tarot deck, which is the original, yeah, like the original. you look up, like what a card is. They always say this card's from the writer weight, you know, deck or whatever like that. And I don't know where the fear, I, I guess I just kept thinking that I like, that all the cards, well, I know they all have super meanings and all that kind of stuff, but I guess I was nervous to pull a card that just would, would be such a downer, but there's actually, you can see and pull good from every card, whether it's upright or reversed. Yeah. And I think people have this really kind of skewed understanding of tarot and in, in that it's all bad versus good like good versus evil and it's scary versus unscary and and that's not what tarot is about tarot is mm -hmm. not about like good versus evil bad versus light any of that it's it's about the positive and also the shadow side of things so what do we need to learn what do we need to dig deeper on like the reverse cards are all about where do you need to look deeper at yourself and your life? Right. That's all it is. And so it was really cool to like do that exercise that you do. And it's really fun. And I think, I think I'd love for you to share what we did yesterday. Um, and um, yeah, share it with our collective because I think if anybody is interested and pulling their own cards for a year forecast and pulling a card for each month. Um, it, it was really cool to sort of see the ebb and flow and see sort of like 
there's a really beautiful pattern and sort of looking back at past year, this past year, I can sort of identify like, oh, that time of year, I guess I always deep dive internally. I go inward or, or, you know, whatever, but um, yeah, it was really, it was really enjoyable to do that. So maybe so what, what you're speaking of is, is how, um, so I did for myself and I'm doing it for my clients as well. And then you did it for yourself um, is doing the 2024 forecast yeah. with tarot. Yep. And where you choose one, you take one card um, and that is going to be your theme for the year, the energetic theme for the year. And then you pull a card for each month of the year. And that is going to be the energetic theme for that month and kind of what to look out for and keep an eye out for. And then what I'm doing with my clients um, that I'm doing them for is I'm including a journaling prompt for each month around that energy to kind of deep dive how they can better support themselves in that energy. But we, but the one part of the conversation we were talking about um, was I was like, Oh, I'll make, I'll utilize technology and I'll put into my calendar Mm-hmm. what each theme of the month was. And then you were like, well, maybe we shouldn't put it in the front of the month because then you like, if it was for some reason, like it would, it would then shift my thinking about how uh, the month has to go as opposed mm-hmm. to experiencing the month organically, right? Just everyday life. And then on the last day of the month, having it as a, as a prompt or whatever pop up to to remind me and be like, oh yeah. And then I can like, think about what the last 29, 30 days looked like, Mm -hmm. or if it was relevant. It's just helpful though, overall, like going into the year, that's why I did it for myself. And that's why I'm offering it. And I suggest that people maybe do it for themselves. If they just kind of want to get a feel for what the next year is bringing them, because it can be helpful to kind of know, what the energy of the year is going to be. And I know for myself this last year, so 2023, I had my own yearly forecast done by someone else at the end of 2022. And my theme for the year was um, the card, the hanged man. And that is a card of patience and waiting and integration. And that has been this year for me where um, there have been times throughout the year where it's felt frustratingly slow Mm-hmm. in my life where I'm waiting for things to happen, waiting for answers, waiting to hear from someone, waiting, all these things I've been waiting for. Um, and that was interesting because my, my card for November was the tower card. Uh-huh. And I, I love that card because that card is um, one of those cards that scares people a lot, but it's not scary it just means that things are being shaken up in your life mm-hmm. which I guess can't be scary but it can be as simple as that's the month you find out you're pregnant or right. your best friend decides to move to another town or yeah. it just changes um and November has been a wildly shifting month for me mm-hmm. after this slow year it has just shaken me upside down in such a big way and mm-hmm. so Going into 2024, I'll share that my card, my theme card for 2024 is the Hierophant, which is all about the spiritual, but from a more like higher education, sharing, teaching, writing, 
<laughs> and it fully aligns. I giggled when I drew that card because mm-hmm. it fully aligns with the shifts that are happening in my life. So I just kind of know this next year is going to be a deeper diving into my writing and my sharing. Yeah, I pulled the Ace of Cups, which is new beginnings, love, intimacy, compassion, lots of spiritual energy, which mm-hmm. really resonates for me going into this new year. Cause I'm just, I'm, I'm just like layering on now. Now I'm like just adding and, and building on this journey of mine and, mm-hmm. and understanding so much more. And then before I, cause I don't think you have your cards next to you, but I'll pull a card for our collective. I have Oracle cards with me. Okay, good. Um, you can do that. But I, I want to say in regards to your cup or to the Ace of Cups, cups are emotions. Yes. And so, and guess what? More that, like, you is. deep dive more of your emotions, but like in a good way, like a year of good emotions, healthy yeah. emotions, strong emotions. Yeah, I love that. And then today I read up on, oh, actually, I, I saw a video talking about the different chakras according to our sign, our sun sign, water, fire, earth, and um, air. And I'm an air sign. And guess what the air signs are connected to? The heart chakra. Yeah. It's crazy because I always lead from my heart. Mm-hmm. It's just all making like ridiculous sense at this point. Like I, it's laughable at times because I'm like, oh, of course <laughs> it is. Of course. And I think earth signs are sacral or, or no, um, or root maybe. Root. Yeah. Root chakra. Um, which is so fitting because that's very much the space that I lead from. Yep. Um, and that's, and that's what you're listening. It's, it's Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I am a Taurus. (laughs) Yeah. And you're a Taurus. Exactly. So it's just, it's, it's super fascinating as you, as you sort of dive in, it's, it is, it really does um, play around with connection and, and spirituality and how it does all connect in some form or fashion. And you just have to be really open for it. But before you pull that card, I wanted to say that we were talking about adding a little bit to this. Like once you do the exercise of, I pulled, and I don't know if you told me to do this or not, but I pulled all 12. I just went January and left them face down, just January, yes. February. And I just had them all laid That's out. That's what I did too. That's okay, did cool. Too. And then I pulled it out and then I looked it up and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, just to understand them a little bit, I pulled um, two love cards and then mm-hmm. did the same kind of thing for just for the theme of 2024, but we were talking about adding what maybe a chakra that matches the cards and and you can Google that. Yeah, because each tarot card card is associated with an astrological sign, which is then also associated with a chakra. And so I'm going to be adding into my readings with my clients of each month, the energy for that month, what chakra support might you need for that month? as well yeah which can like chakra support can come in form of using and carrying and wearing certain colors and crystals and affirmations um and meditations um having chakra healing done in that area so what what are the potential places that your chakras might be affected in the energy of that month right so if you pull any kind of wands card 
it's connected to the four elements, of course, but it's fire. And then mm -hmm. cups is equal to the water. Mm -hmm. water. And then swords is equal to air and pentacles is equal to earth. And then you mm -hmm. kind of go from there, which is, it's cool. Yeah. I'll, I, I will pull a couple of decent, like beginning 101 type um, articles and I'll put them in the show notes for sure. I will say my favorite tarot resource for beginners is called A Little Spark of Joy. Um, that's my favorite one just to learn about each of the cards because yeah. she goes in depth about each card in the upright, the reverse, and then the astrological signs and the energy connected with each card, what astrological sign is connected with that card and just kind of really deep dives it. I love that. And then did we, did you mention the gems that you can also associate the cards with or these suits? Yeah. For with yeah. crystals. Mm -hmm. That's really cool too. Yeah. I love all that. So pick, pick one of your, pick the Oracle card. What are we, what are we picking an Oracle card for? What's the intention? Yeah. Here? Let's do the intention. Let's do, um, let's do for our collective. Um, let's do abundance. Abundance. Does what, does our, what does our collective need to know right now in terms of abundance? I think so. Does that feel good to you? Or what, what else do you think would be? Uh, I think let's just do a general, like what does our collective need to know right now? For December or for the year coming up? I think just in general now. I think okay. with an Oracle card, the year is a little, a little. Okay. So for the Oracle, but um, let's just, let's just feel into what people need to hear right now. Collectively. Right. Cool. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and the card that popped out is an oracle card. It's called Fire Spirit Energy. Ooh. My last name is is Flamer. <laughs> <laughs> and I will just read this one out so people can understand what that means. Okay, so this is about action. This mm. is not the time to hold back in life. Do not repress what you feel or allow yourself to be drained by others. If you strive to meet everyone's expectations and fulfill the need of others, but forget to honor your own needs, your energy field becomes depleted and dull. Break free of your constraints, whether self-inflicted or imposed on you by others. Activate your passion. Give your emotions free reign. Waves of energy will surge through you as you spontaneously express yourself. Running on your own resources, however, can be depleting. Allow the creator to flow through you. Be open to receiving and know that you don't have to do it all yourself. This replenishes your soul and supports you in accessing enormous amounts of energy. The power of fire spirit is renowned. One of the four prime elements, it traditionally represents transformation, passion, zeal, enthusiasm, creativity, and activation. In many traditions, fire is synonymous with creation itself. Let the energy of fire inspire action and movement for you now. Incredible vitality, life force energy, and passion are expanding in your life. If you start to feel drained by the expectation of others, don't hold back. Ignite your inner fire. Speak your truth. Let the light of the creator surge through you. Oof. That's freaking cool. That's very fitting for the time of life that we are in collectively right now. 
I really like that. Would you take a picture of that um, and put it on our um, yeah. Live Out Loud podcast page today? That'd be amazing. I will. Absolutely. Do a cool little post. That, that just, man, that just feels so fitting because, you know, collectively right now, there is a lot of action. People who maybe wouldn't have necessarily spoken up before are speaking up, um, you know, for the pain that's happening in the world. Um, even on, you know, Thanksgiving and Black Friday, there were a lot of people who were demonstrating and protesting at malls and, um, you know, for Palestine and other places that are hurting right now. And, and there's just a lot of creative energy around change right now, collectively. We're feeling wow. it. We're speaking up. We're saying, hey, what's going on right now? Not cool. Not sustainable. Well, I mean, we're probably the only place in our solar systems, right? That actually, because Bashar talks a lot about this as humans and time. We're very time conscious on mm -hmm. earth. And it's like the only planet that actually has like time stamps. And so around this time of the year, we all take measure. We're taking these measurements of time, like, oh my God, it's another Christmas. What didn't I accomplish? Woe is me. Or, whoa, look how fast. Or, holy crap, look where I was last year and look where I am this year. And it's like all around that time measurement, right? And it's just so fascinating. It's like, when you stop it to is. think, like, what if we just took time out of the equation and just lived our best life? Like, lived like, what if everyone lived in their joy, in their spark, in their, what lights them up? And I just, it just drives me crazy because that's really where I'm at right now is just living in my joy, living in joy, like living and breathing and gosh, just embracing each day. And sure, there's crap that happens, but I don't allow it to like flatten me out any longer. Like I just don't well, let that's it. That's what that card was talking about. Like protecting your energetic field. If it's cluttering your energetic field, cut it out. Cut it out. Just like say just no. Like, just like let Abraham it go. Says, let it clear out. Yep. Clear the fuck out. And we're doing that on a personal level and we're doing like a, a lot of people I've been talking to recently are having giant shifts in life where there's a lot of things exiting their life. But then also collectively, we are feeling that as well. Like there's, there's a collective shift happening. It's interesting. It doesn't serve us anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny because whenever this sort of happens, there's a ton of celebrity divorces all of a sudden being like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and I don't know if half of what, what is really true or not. So I'm not going to mention specific names, but it's just really funny to me how it, it kind of ebb and flows. And the first thing you start to see is this celebrity couple's divorcing and this celebrity couple is, you know, just announced and, you know, all this sort of interesting stuff. And I think, um, this time of year I was looking, um, you know, to create some of these links. And I just came across the Hierophant tarot card and the gemstone for that card is Topaz for you. Mm -hmm. Did you look that up? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's because I, I mean, I use crystals for support and everything. I know, but I'm like new to it. So I'm like 
scrolling through and, you know, looking for the Ace of Cups, which I don't think I found. I don't, I haven't found that one yet. I don't think so. Or maybe it's not one of the, what do you call them? The Arcana, the Arcana cards. Is it, I don't think they, no, it's a minor Arcana because it's part of the suit. So the yeah. major Arcana cards are the ones that don't line up with a suit. So like Empress, Emperor, mm -hmm. Sun, the Moon, um, Ace is considered, you know, one in the suit. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So I don't have a nice little crystal that I can use. Sad. But it has a crystal associated with it. I can't remember what off, what it is off the top of my head, but you can okay. look it up. I'll, I'll have to search it specifically then. That's cool. Um, I love that collective card. That was a dope card. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was a really good one. And again, we always have these great conversations. Wonderful conversations. <laughs> If we don't say sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Other people tell us <laughs> how much they enjoy our conversation. So yes, it's yes. just, a, it's, it, you know, I love deep diving some of this stuff. And um, I was talking to a friend today on the phone and we were talking about energy and frequency and why some people are really stuck um, in hanging out because their own, the way that they perceive themselves is at a lower frequency and how they keep allowing, um, this lower frequencies to be a part of their life and how it is influenced. And I was trying to tell her and she was like, Holy crap. She just had like a big aha moment. I'm like, why is your girlfriend feeling the need to keep something that's lower frequency around her what is broke you know not broken but what is what is it usually to speaks to at. some kind of wound or something inside of us really? and that can be a signifier to that of course or feeling um value uh being um insecure mm -hmm. and allowing these people around you because maybe it you think it raises your vibration or not being conscious about it but it's just interesting how much more it it can be subtle now with people coming in and out of my life. And I'm way more sensitive to like, if something just kind of makes me flinch a little bit or my, I just kind of go like, it doesn't have to be a lot anymore. It's really crazy when you get into that space of like, oh no. And now I understand like when Esther Hicks is like, I want more of that. I want more of feeling like I'm on cloud nine, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not like, I'm, and it's not chasing a fix. It's not chasing no. anything that lowers that vibration. It's not like, oh, I can't wait to go put money in a, in a, and gamble again, or I can't wait to like get blitzed. You know, it's not that at all. It's literally. No. It's tuning into your body and seeing what truly feels good at an authentic space what truly makes me feel good and you know it's so fascinating because I'm in a space of life where on paper I don't really I'm a single mom I'm a single mom who doesn't have much financial stability right now but that aside my life has never felt more authentic and peaceful and good to me even in that space of financial instability because what I do have is my inner peace. 
And what I do have is my ability to look around and say, is this adding value to my life or not? Does this make me feel good or not? And I'm going solely with what truly genuinely resonates at a deep level. This makes me feel good. I have a Saturday evening free to myself. What's going to make me feel good is going out and drinking and partying going to make me feel good. No, because I'm not going to feel truly connected to people. I'm going to become drunk and then have a hangover. That's not going to make me feel good. What is going to make me feel good? Eating a good meal, taking my dog for a walk, moving my body, being out in nature, spending some time journaling. That makes me feel connected to myself. It makes me feel connected to nature. It makes me feel connected to my dog. And it just feels good. So that's what I'm going to do. Right. Or or if a really close friend of yours, like a, like a Mary or anybody, like, were to say, hey, want to meet meet up for the walk? I mean, like whoever is bringing that joy to you and also yeah. like adding and adding, adding to that. So, but what I want to say to that is you can say you're a single mom and you can say that you're, um, you have some financial challenges at the moment, but guess what? You're still coming from an abundant place of abundance as opposed to lack. You know, you know, with certainty, yeah that the money will come in. Like you're not, like, you're not, you're not, you know, thinking in that sense because. And and financial challenges aren't a determiner of your worth. No, they are simply a reflection, especially for single parents as, as a single mother in a rural community in America, (laughs) there are very valid roadblocks to finances Mm -hmm. and flourishing with the cost of rents and the cost of the price of living and inflation and all of these things and your ability as a mother to work around the the schedule of school children like there's a lot of factors that go into that so for the longest time I was shaming myself for those things that are quite literally outside of my personal control because they're social constructs and so now I'm in a space where it's like choosing to be more accessible to my children as a mother which is something that they need and I need and helps us flourish has a consequence of sometimes creating financial instability in my life that doesn't reflect on my value as a person well that's what I'm trying to say though is like someone who's sickly wealthy sitting in Beverly Hills on a Saturday night realizing money doesn't buy happiness Mm-hmm. They're miserable in their big ass mansion with their four cars out in the driveway, but no one wants to be around them because they're just, just like Scrooges or whatever you want to call it. Right. So having the flip of that and having abundance and having people that want to be around you, you're richer than them in that moment from a spiritual soul standpoint. And I I guess I just want to say to people, because a lot of people around this time of year are going to dig in and they're looking for something to create new momentum for themselves going into the the quote unquote new year, right? This is when we think about our finances. We think about, are we happy in our life? Are we looking around at our families and saying, God, grandma's miserable or, you know, or grandma's or grandma's miserable. What can I do this season Mm -hmm. to help, to help find her some joy in this life? Like where is she uncomfortable and not? So there's so many different ways that we can look at this, you know, end of the year. And I think 
coming with, when we talk about abundance, I just want to be clear where I say abundance, it has nothing to do with finances. It really doesn't. Good. I mean, I know you and I are on the same page. I just want to make sure that when people are hearing us, that we're being extra clear about the fact that for us, abundance truly means soul in inside out, happy and feeling settled, feeling grounded and find purpose or able to regulate ourselves could be abundant for someone coming out of a really miserable marriage. Right. We all know that like just that first step of feeling regulated and a bit grounded and, and you have one pod pan and that pot's going to make the best mac and cheese of your life because it's the first time you've ever made it in your own new place and blah, 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 like abundance. I'll give an example. Like my dad is living on his own. My dad is a 60 year old man going through, going through becoming single and divorced. And he is living by himself for the first time in his entire life. Crazy. And it's, it's the cutest thing ever because he's, you know, doing things like decorating his own apartment for the first time in his life. And he's having to discover what he likes. Mm -hmm. And it's the cutest. I mean, these texts from my dad where it's like, look at this set of curtains. I love these curtains. Look at this art on my wall. And he's so proud of that. And I, I love that because it's never too late. It's never too late, first of all, to reinvent yourself. But then second of all, abundance looks different for everyone. My dad is going through some big things right now. And on the outside looking in, it might seem like he's lacking, but I've never seen my dad happier. See, and, uh, and, and the little things like that. going to the store and picking out a pair of curtains for the first time in his adult life that he likes Aww. is bringing him so much joy that it's like spilling over and bringing me some joy because it brings me a little laugh in my day and I'm just over here like cheering my dad on. So abundance looks different for everyone. It really does. And I hope everyone listening finds their own abundance um, because there's no right or wrong way to fill to fill that cup and to recognize and uh, mention to yourself like you know in your in your self-talk of what allows you to feel abundant today and maybe tomorrow something new will pop up in your life that you are like I forgot how much joy this gives me and yeah just lean into more joy. I think, you know, everyone will be singing joy to the world, but I say, you know, find joy in your own world also. Uh, yeah. If, if a, if a small child in Palestine going through everything that they're going through right now can find a smile and a song and share a hug with a family member and light up someone else's life and acknowledge a tiny, tiny fragment of joy in their day, the rest of us can too. Especially here in America. Come on, people. <laughs> here he is, you're like. listening to this. You have an iPhone or a smartphone <laughs> and you're you able- might have some Starbucks in your hands. <laughs> True. It's like, come on, people. And I am going to put this out here also. If you're in a Starbucks line, treat the person behind you. Just do one coffee this season. Let's go a step further. 
stop supporting Starbucks and go to oh, yeah. a local. Oh, yeah, go to a shop. local. Yes. And that's what I recently <laughs> did. I was having this lovely conversation in this coffee place. And I was like, you're a cool, you're a cool chick. You're a cool lady. She was a little older than me. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to treat her for that. She was about to pull out her debit card. And I said, eh, put it away. I enjoyed our, I enjoyed our repertoire. That, that was, that's worth it for me. I mean, and she was just so surprised. She goes, well, you buy mine and I buy yours. I go, no, I'll buy yours. And then at another time you buy somebody else. Just pay it forward, people. Pay it forward. Yeah. Uh, Saturday small businesses today. Um, we're all all season long. Go to a local shop. Local. Um, Support uh, your local creators. Like yeah, artists. Support the yep. artists in your community. Like they they could use your cash more than Amazon can. That's right. <laughs> and the joy that you might get out of interaction with the salesperson with another person in there. So if you're not, if you work from home like me remote, it's sometimes really important for us to like get out and just walk and shop and not go to Target. Um, every place has its place, but find that bestie, something special in a cool little shop somewhere. Um, yeah. The teacher, something non-generic, whatever that is. So yep. get out and explore your community. There's our holiday PSA, support <laughs> local, support small, supporting small and supporting local actually makes a bigger impact. So it does. Anyways, joy to the world. <laughs> Do it with I, your choir voice. Do it with your choir voice. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, love you, friend. Love you, too. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We very much appreciate you. And gosh, I hope you have a grateful day filled with local goodness. Yes. See you later. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to subscribe and share because what do we say, baby? Sharing is caring. <laughs>